broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. Got a text on our text line at 69187, keyword r from Mailman Raider Max. Said the NFL is getting a lot of heat for Tua right now. It'd be a win for them to suspend Adams. Take out a Raider. Have the media talk about that rather than concussions. Again, that's Mailman Raider Max. And we'll talk about all things going on with uh, the the roughing the passer penalties, the overcorrection, or at least in my opinion, the overcorrection of what happened with Tua. And we'll do it now with Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network on Twitter at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. And Aaron, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We definitely appreciate you. And before we get into the piece that you put out about the roughing the passer penalties, and it was really good stuff on Pro Football Network, I did want to get your opinion from from an NFL side of things, when it comes to Devontae Adams, uh, he was formally charged today with the misdemeanor uh, for shoving the ca- cameraman there in uh, Kansas City after Monday Night Football. From an NFL punishment side of things, what do you think is going to ultimately happen with Adams? Uh, worst case, he's got to play in one game. You know, I think there's possibility uh, where he could only be fine, too. They could, with it being a legal matter, even though obviously – they don't need a lot more documentation. They mm-hmm. could fall back on the traditional, we want to see the adjudication before we punish. But in terms of the court of law, I mean, what's his worst case? Right. Supervised probation when he's out of state resident, um, probably a fine. I would think community service, possibly. But the fact is, he, he doesn't live there. So right. this is going to cost him something, legal fees. This isn't like he's permanently injured this man and you know, which is fortunate uh, if he was hurt worse, if, you know, we're looking at a more serious case, but it's kind of like a citation right? just in terms of the court of law. But I mean, you know, he is in some jeopardy, I think of a one game suspension. Yeah. See that they could make an example of him and it would mean probably this weekend if they get it done in time. And of course he can appeal, but I think it's, it's tough because, you know, the guy, even whether regardless of the justification, you say, well, you know, he's in his way. He just played a game. And I understand all that. Those are all valid points. But it's still an intentional, you know, thing where you know you're knocking him on the ground. You're a football player. He's smaller than you. You know, it's kind of a bully kind of thing. And, you know, it's, it's not his best behavior. I think Devontae Adams, like even what he said on social, I agree with him. And, you know, his reputation is – much better than that, much better guy than that. He lost it. And it's not his best self. And sometimes you do have to pay consequences. I'm not condemning him or anything like that. I think it's, you know, we got to keep it in perspective. Mm-hmm. This isn't the worst thing that's ever happened, but they don't want this happening all the time. So what does this league do? They're reactionary. Right. They'll do something. And it'll either cost them a significant amount of money or cost them the game check, which is, even more money and he'd be better off. And I think the fair thing to do would be to find him enough where he, you know, this never happens again. And unfortunately, you know, it does shape a little bit of his rep. I mean, he took a hit here. You know, he, he, this is a self-inflicted unforced error did not have to do this. And he's mad. They lost the game and he overreacted. 
you know, I think uh, if he could take it back, I'm sure he would. But, you know, the league, a lot of what they do is go off public reaction. Do I sense a lot of media, like, condemning him? Or you know, have I seen a lot of social media other than, like, say, Chiefs fans? Outside of Kansas City, are there a lot of people that are just really upset about this? No, and, and you know, maybe I'm just cynical. I'm just, I'm not very emotional about it. I think, <laughs> you know, it's, it's not good but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. Right. And, you know, going privately, like maybe how players act or things they've said to play to reporters, things like that. But, you know, I think he's just got to chalk it up and he's either writing a really big check or he's losing this game. And I don't think they would punish him for more than one game. I think that would be very unfair for him to miss more than one game. But I am not advocating saying, yes, yeah, suspend them, suspend them, you know, I really don't have any emotions one way or another. I don't care if they, I would, I wouldn't care if they don't do anything at all. I mean, right. it's not up to me. It doesn't affect me when iota, but if they do, I'm sure they would get some criticism, right? Right. If no. they do nothing. Yeah. I don't think they can do nothing. I think that they could sort of do sort of a King Solomon approach, which is sort of split the baby down the middle. And the thing they could do is, okay, you're going to pay a lot of money and you're going to pay for this man's medical bills. Yeah, I, I can see that. I can see that for sure. I, I, He's going to win. I mean, the thing is, whatever happens with a civil suit, which is the this is the precursor to that, he's going to wind up having to write this guy a check. So he's going to have to pay twice. You have to pay the league or the lost money that you have from your game check, and eventually you're going to pay for you're going to have a lawyer, and you're going to have to pay this guy. Uh, it's a great outcome for him financially. The victim who's a freelancer for ESPN. Talking right now with Aaron Wilson. Scenario where he doesn't get paid. Right. No, he's going to, he's definitely going to get paid some way, somehow. I know the NFL's, uh, you know, of course they're investigating it. And like you said, Aaron, they're very reactionary, right? And so uh, something else that they're reactionary to uh, that you wrote a piece about on Pro Football Network that was really good is all these roughing Thank the you. passer penalties and how they're kind of over-policing it now. What are, what are your thoughts on what you saw over the weekend with, you know, the Tom Brady, the Derek Carr situation? Uh, just those those kind of overcorrections, in my opinion. Uh, how does the, the league kind of clean that up? There's only one way without changing the rules. You're not going to change the rules in the season. Is you start telling the different referees, hey, guys, we appreciate that you are leaning towards safety, but let's make sure these are really big hits. Let's not just do this every time that its quarterback is struck. They just don't want to have another Tua situation. And that's what this is all about. It's not about the way the rules are written. It's about the way they're being enforced. And it's not about the quantity because, you know, you've seen the spin from the NFL network already. Uh, those dudes talking about how the penalties are down for this penalty. That is true. Those metrics are accurate. But what about the quality of calls? quality of calls has gone way down. These are unquestionably bad outcomes. And it's unfortunate that you don't have Dean Blandino where they used to, where he would have been able to publicly say, hey, you know what? This isn't what we're looking for. It's a void of leadership, really, to me, more than anything else. And these guys follow the marching orders. And obviously someone told them whether it's ever admitted or not, or a referee. And I've done pool reports before. I did one last year for the 49ers Texans game. And these guys are very professional, but they do have to follow orders. They have bosses. 
and the league office dictates this stuff. But I mean, you know, I've covered football long enough that, you know, and I don't think this is great for the players' long-term health, where the quarterbacks they, you know, we're getting earholed all the time, and you know, sometimes these guys are getting concussed, or they're just playing with concussions or playing with neck injuries. All of that was happening. The Tua thing scared a lot of people. They got a lot of bad publicity, and this is the fallout from that. Like Teddy Bridgewater not being concussed and still not being allowed to play. So all those things that are happening now, you can blame it on how this happened with Tua and the whole you know, mishandling of that situation. And so everyone's going to pay. I just think that ultimately this is still a violent sport, and it, you know the, these guys, all this overprotective stuff, a lot of it's from people, like I was talking about players about this, they probably never even played ball the players inherently take on the risk and they're fine with it because the rewards, the money they can make, they don't want overwhelmingly. If you were to talk to most quarterbacks, they don't want it this much like to be this. I mean, it's embarrassing. It's soft. What happened with Brady? Come on. This whole thing with, you know, the, the chiefs game, that's not it. That's not how you want to play ball. And, you know, Derek Carr, I consider a fairly tough quarterback. I don't think he's expecting to never get hit. You know, he that's part of the job. When it comes to the NFL protecting their players, sometimes that you have to protect the players from themselves. And I know it's not the risk. We know the dangers of concussions now in football. This isn't 40 or 50 years ago. So is the NFL, are they damned that they do or damned that they don't when it comes to erring on the, on the side of player safety, but also, also the players, like you just said, they know the risk and they're willing to take them? They need to find a balance between the way we've seen it called before, where if you are hitting the quarterback in the head, if you're hitting him late, things like that. This body weight thing that they're on now, <laughs> that's not it. How is a player that's over 300 pounds, like Chris Jones, 325, I believe, is his weight? How is he supposed to stop? How tough is it to get to? I'm actually texting just now with a defensive lineman from another team in the NFC. And we were talking about this, and he said, you know, you know how hard it is for us to get back there? You have to beat the lineman. You have to have a good move. You have to have a plan. Things have to kind of go your way. The quarterback's going to hold the ball long enough. It is difficult. And nobody protects these guys. What about the chop blocks? What about their knees? What about all those things? I mean, you're creating a double standard because it's a quarterback league. But the way they were doing it last year, it wasn't like this. And it's fine to call it necessary roughness. If a guy picks a guy up, body slams him way too hard. But these tackles were not that big a deal. I mean, they were gentle looking. The Grady Jarrett thing is really bad. Mm-hmm. And why is it? Because it's Tom Brady. Right. Derek Carr should be flattered. <laughs> at the, uh, the star quarterback treatment. I know sometimes, you know, as you know, Derek has a little chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. So I think he uses that for motivational fuel pretty well. But, you know, sometimes he thinks he's disrespected. You can tell. <laughs> you know, the blocks, blocking people on social. It never blocks me. I hope he doesn't. Nice. But that said, you know, they showed him respect. Treat him like he's a franchise quarterback. They really did. 
It was it was it was amazing. Right? I, I was so shocked when I saw that Chris Jones penalty called, especially on the fact that he has strip sacked Derek Carr as well. Again, we're talking with Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network, put out a piece talking about where things stand with NFL officiating after recent controversial roughing the passer penalties. And Aaron, in your piece, you said that roughing the passer is not expected to be reviewed under any proposed instant replay amended rules. My question to you, why not? They don't like to make changes in the middle of the season. That's one of the primary impetuses for not doing it. And they're actually, there's on some level, this is all they care about. They want the quarterbacks to play every week. So they're fine with it. Hmm. And so it's kind of hard to fight City Hall. That's essentially what the defensive guys are up against. That's wild. That is that is that's just too that's just too much, right? I mean, if, if they're gonna, uh, I mean, it, it actually is a real conspiracy. That's wild. A conspiracy against defensive players? Is that what you're saying? In effect, if you, I mean, you know, would you call it a conspiracy if they are essentially legislating rules that affect defensive players negatively? It is certainly pro quarterback, pro offense. Which so you know I'm not making a huge leap of logic. Right, it's anti defense. Yeah, they want they want the rules. They want these guys to score. It's all about points. They want high scores. They want people to be engaged with fantasy, daily fantasy, gambling. I covered a game in Jacksonville, thirteen six, one touchdown scored. Do you think the NFL likes that game? That Damian Pierce. Grinded out at just under four yards of carry, 99 yards. He had one great run. Outstanding. One of the best runs I've seen in years. Lots of tackles broken. Terrible defense, but he broke eight tackles. This kid is a very tough, tough runner. Good, good, good kid. Really hard worker. Really tough. He was in the weight room on Monday, like doing squats during his bye week, lifting weights, uh, workout with 425. And uh, Nick Cassara, the GM, was talking about that. But my point is, you know, you had really bad quarterback play. You had Trevor Lawrence throwing a couple of interceptions. You had Davis Mills not throwing any touchdowns, not throwing for very many yards. You think the league wants that? And then you did have a roughing, a really bad roughing, a really obvious roughing where he deserved to get flagged. And that was on Trayvon Walker, the top pick of the draft. Whistles blown dead, hits Davis Mills, slings him on the ground. By lucky he didn't get ejected with the way that they're calling it right now. My point is, though, a 13-6 game between the Jags and the Texans, that's not what the league's looking for. Right. I want high-scoring football. Yeah, man, that's that's just, that's just too much. I mean, football is football at the end of the day. I get it. The quarterbacks are the hot commodity. They're the ones everybody wants to see. And like you said, they want to score points, but it's football at the end of the day. So uh, finally, Aaron, as we wrap this up, um, is, is there any middle even that you see coming? Is there – what I ask for and what I mean by that is just – make it so the players actually know what they can and can't do. Like, this is what you can do, and this is what you can't do. Is that coming well, anytime one soon? one thing that happens, do you go to practice? Do you, do you normally attend, like, the Raiders practices? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm there. So you see referees, right, and officials? Yep, yep. Like, not an NFL crew, but some sort of amateur crew? Mm-hmm. Yeah, generally, they will have a little talk, and they do get some communication, and explanations of calls and there's a back and forth. So yeah, we see that all the time. And yeah, I see players before the game talking to the officials, politicking a little bit, 
yeah, all those conversations are had now, but this is a, a directive from New York to do it this way. Hmm. Whether we ever see a paper trail, I have no idea. I, I can speak to that. Uh, I don't have any actual reporting on how it happens, but there's a way that the sausage is made. And I would say nothing happens by an accident. Right. I agree. I agree with that 100%. Inten- nothing. Intentional, intentional, intentional. That's wild. Well, there you go. That's that's what the NFL uh, that's what the NFL wants. That's what the NFL's getting. So good luck, defenders. Try to do what you you got to do, Aaron. Before as, I, as as one guy said to me, it is soft. Yes, I agree. I agree, one hundred percent. I saw that in your piece. Uh, are you going to be heading out to Vegas for uh, Week Seven, Texans and Raiders? Yeah, I'm heading out Saturday morning uh, next week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to coming to Las Vegas and then uh, covering the game. All right. Well, we'll have to catch up with you when you uh, head yep. out this way and check you out in the press box as well, my man. Very good. Look forward to seeing you. All right. Appreciate you. There he goes. Aaron Wilson, Pro Football Network, at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. Breaking it on down. Again, his piece he put out on Bro- Pro Football Network talking about the officiating and where it's at right now, uh, where things stands with NFL officiating after recent controversial roughing the passer penalties. And just, I mean, just think about it, DeMond, what he's saying that the NFL basically said, hey, this is what we want. This is the way we want it. And it gives defenders no opportunity. What Max Crosby did on Monday night against Patrick Mahomes is going to become the norm. And, and, and kudos to Max for recognizing that, right? I can't throw this guy down. I'm just going to grab him, bear hug him, and, and hope he don't shake loose and, and hope they blow the whistle. That's literally all you can do, right? And how many times do you see a guy not try to pile drive a quarterback and not try to take him down as hard, and then all of a sudden that guy shakes out and makes a big play? Then you look like a dummy. That's what we're going to end up seeing more of. And it's not, I I don't blame the defenders at all. Again, Chris Jones, I don't blame him at all. You can't give him that penalty. I know it it benefited the Raiders, so I'm not mad at that. I'm just saying you can't think about that. What if that had been Chandler Jones that had came up with that play and they called that penalty? Everyone would be calling calling right now screaming bloody murder. The officials hate the the, the league. What did I tell you? This is no joke, Raider Nation. We'll take a break after this. What I tell you while we were at the Oyo after that play happened about anyone calling the radio station about officiating the next day. Oh, you told me to cut them off. You're like, we're not going to have it. Exactly. Because I knew that was such a BS call. I said, if anyone calls tomorrow screaming about the officiating, now that was before I saw what was going to happen in the second half and the call on Malcolm Coons and all that. But right after that Chris Jones play happened, and I knew it was a terrible call, I said, if anyone calls and wants to complain about the officiating, just hang up on them. Just hang up. And then, of course, the second half happened, and it was even worse. So then I was like, well, never mind. Take that mandate off. Because <laughs> when, when you thought it couldn't get any worse, the NFL and the officials said, hold my beer. Mm-hmm. I got you. I'll show you. And they did. So that was really bad. But that, that Chris Jones penalty should have never, ever been called. And if they're going to start doing that more times than not, you're going to start seeing so many of those penalties roughing the passer, roughing the passer, roughing the passer. And Raider Nation, I promise you, just because it hasn't hit the Raiders yet doesn't mean it won't. Just hold on. 422 is the time. We'll take a quick break. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Love it. Love it. Love it. 426 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Had a very interesting day today, that's to say the least. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN joined us at 2.30. We have Paloma Villacana from Fox 5 Sports. Join us at 3. Daniel Lust, a sports attorney at 3.30. And we just heard from Aaron Wilson, Pro Football Network, in the last segment. And apparently we heard from someone who called in 
to complain about another radio station across town, but wanted to tell us a story about him. Sorry, dog. Sorry about your bad experience, but we're not interested. It's not our business. It's really not. There's a reason why we here do what we do. Whatever the complaint with them is, I'm not the smartest dude in the world, but probably be a good idea just to take it up with them. It was also a phrase that you don't want this story. <laughs> you don't want this hot scoop. <laughs> and then what's so funny, and the reason why I even bring it up, and the reason why we, we came on the air laughing is because he cussed out DeMond on the way out. He's like, all right, then later, B. <laughs> you know how sometimes you don't know if something's racist or not? Before he, you know, called me a slur, he also said, what, are you in Egypt? And it's like, what? <laughs> uh, no. And then it was, all right, you know. Bye, B. Yeah. But then before that, it was like, what? What are you in Egypt? And it's like, uh, is that like an African diss or something? I don't know. <laughs> I'm offended. Look, DeMond's like, I'm just trying to answer the phone, dog. <laughs> I'm just trying to answer the phone, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, man, but I mean. Do you want fries or do you not? You know what I mean? Like, do you want do you want to supersize that? What do you want to do? When TMZ's breaking this story about, you know, the corruption <laughs> That's going on in this city. I'll be like, hey, I could have had that story. Could have had that story. Q wouldn't let me have it. And I'm in the background. <laughs> See, I like to take everyone behind the scenes because this is sometimes comedy. Damon continues to tell this guy what station this is. And he's like, who are you trying to get a hold of? And then the guy finally tells him who he's trying to get a hold of. And Damon's like, no, we're not them. And uh, and so I was like, they're not even in the same building with us. So I'm, I'm trying to yell it because Damon's trying to be as nice as possible to get off the phone. And dude was not having it. Like he wanted... Like he was looking for a friend, and Demond was him, and he was going to complain and complain and complain. He also said during this call, "Let me talk to your boss." And I was like, "He's the guy who just <laughs> shouted that he doesn't want, he doesn't care about what you're talking about." No. So now I guarantee what he's doing. This is the flip side of the, this is the beautiful thing, and then we'll get to Steve. The beautiful part of this is now he's calling them, and he's going to complain about us. <laughs> you want a story? You want a story? <laughs> that damn Demond, that Q. Radio First of all, they're in Egypt. <laughs> And there's some bees. <laughs> that was incredible. Like, if, if I didn't really witness that, and I witnessed all of it, I was sitting in this chair. I sat down for a minute just because, and I could not get enough of this story. Like, I was just dying. Like, this, this is the kind of stuff. This is the stuff that's made for, like, YouTube. When you go behind the scenes during the commercial break or something like that. That's Did you just hang up on Steve? No, I didn't. It was oh. one of those... Um, uh, to bring people behind the scenes even more. Hey, Ray Nation Radio, what's your name? And they're going straight into what they want to talk about on the show. No stop, no pause, not even listening to me. It's okay, I've got a connection on the other end. Offensive lineman and defensive lineman. And it's like, what, what are we talking about? I thought it was the guy calling back. It's like, I, look I, here, I, B. I was afraid of that too. It might be. We might put someone on and they're like, I was the guy. It's going to reach through the phone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, that guy is fired up. Let's go and talk to our guy, Steve. Steve, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Hey, Damon. I don't know if you remember, we met last year at the final game of the season, got pictures and everything at the pregame. But I guess I have so much I want to say. Speak on it. First thing, I agree wholeheartedly with them going for two. Okay. Because when my son called me, because he was watching from his place, I said, you know, if they would have tied him, Andrew... Kansas City would have been much more aggressive, probably ran the clock out, kicked the winning field goal. Maybe they'd have missed it. But it almost worked out perfectly, and I don't blame Devontae, but if Devontae holds on to that ball, I like our chances to win that game. And even though we lost the game and we've lost too many this year, 
it's been real entertaining football and good football and close, not great football. I just have a gut feeling that Josh is the right man for the job, that he needs time, and somehow, t- I might be crazy, but I think they're going to go 9-3 and three from here out, and they're going to end up at 10-7 and seven and maybe make their way into the playoffs. I just see more good than I see bad, mm-hmm. especially with so many new players, such a new system. I'm a little bit worried about Darren Waller and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I see some of Darren on the sideline. I hope he hasn't lost interest in the game. Um, they showed some shots of him on the sideline. He, you know, I'm sure he was bummed out that he was hurt, and I hope that's all it was. And, of course, you can't ever take anything just for 15 seconds of a shot on a sideline. Right. But I would, I would almost like to see him, him dabbing his fellow players. Like, Come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Mm-hmm. And he was kind of like in his feelings probably for being hurt. But, of course, we love what you guys do on the radio station. I'm going to the game in New Orleans. Nice. Saving some money this year because it's in my backyard versus <laughs> flying into Vegas. <laughs> Smart. But um, I think Josh's call at the end was right. And, look, I, I'm tired of watching these Kansas City boat race victories. Even though we lost, it's much better than, like, 40-9 to nine yeah. or stomping on their logo and fumbling the first ball and get returned for a touchdown. It was a great, entertaining game. And the reason most of us that love football or become addicted to football is the close games. Anybody that denies that, like the rush at the final game of the season last year, the highs and lows, up by 16, this is in the bag. And then to you know get so close, man, the heart really gets pumping and it's like that adrenaline. I don't know if that's the way the average fan really feels about it. And don't get me wrong, I wouldn't mind a 35-7 to butt-whooping at the race to put it on somebody <laughs> right. every now and then. But I do dig the close games at the end. There's something about that that's very exciting. But I think Josh is on the right track. Anybody that's calling for Josh's head because supposedly what he did in Denver, grow up a little bit. Bill Belichick got ran out of Cleveland. There's a lot of coaches that have got to run out of places. I like the first year of Josh much better than I like the first year of John coming back when he ripped the whole team apart and started from scratch. But that's my opinion. I just wanted to share it with the rest of the Raider Nation. There you go. Hey, good stuff, Steve. Thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you. It was great meeting you back uh, back there at the end of the regular season last season. And and look, like I said before, when it comes to the two-point conversion, there's going to be people that think that that was the greatest call. Just like, you know, you think that was a really good call. I have no problem with that. Me, for my preference, I just would like him to kick the extra point. And, and again, I said it before. You know, people always say, scared money don't make money. I'm 100% scared money. <laughs> I have no problem saying that's why I can survive in this city, because I am scared money. I have a small amount of money that I'm willing to lose, and it's very small. I think that my wife is tight. I'm tighter than her, right? <laughs> I, I, I want, it hurts my feelings when I lose money. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with, you know, I get it. You know, there's so many people that have broken down why that was a good decision, and it very well could have been. I just, for my money, I'm, I'm just not a fan of it. But again, uh, I'm not the coach, and Josh is. And I do think Josh is the right guy. I've said that multiple times. I know there's people out there, like my guy Mike, tweets at us all the time. I know he's not a big fan, and, and you know, he's got to prove himself. He's got to prove that he is the right guy. Uh, not to me, but, you know, to the team, to the owner. You know, not even the Raider Nation. He's just got to prove it to the people that matter the most, which are in the office, the guys that sign the checks, the guys that play for him. That's who he's got to prove it to, and I'm sure he's working hard at that. And I'll tell you, I had one, and this is why you shouldn't judge people before you know them. I had one uh, thought when Josh McDaniels got hired of what it was going to be like, and then I actually got to know him. And I was like, you know what? This is a pretty good dude. It's a pretty cool dude. This guy actually gives us a lot during the you know media sessions. He does this. He does that. 
I okay, and I started to listen to him, and I felt like okay, I know him a little bit better. Does that mean that he's going to be a Lombardi Trophy winner? No, it just means that I understand him more than I did before he got hired. But when the rumors were that he was, you know, a front runner for the job, so uh, I'm with you. I, I have no problem. That game on Monday was very entertaining. It would have been that much more entertaining if they had come out on top and won the game, but ultimately they didn't. But they showed something that we've been talking about a lot here on the station and on the show in particular. They can compete with anybody. If they can go and, and give the business to Kansas City like they did, ultimately losing, it just lets you know that they can do that with anybody. The Bills, the Chiefs, the Eagles, whoever you think the best teams in the league are, they can obviously compete with them. Can they seal the deal? That's the next step. That's what they got to do. But, Steve, great call, my man. I appreciate you. Enjoy that game in New Orleans right before Halloween. Let's talk to Craig. What up, Craig? Welcome to the show. All right, how's it going? I just got a quick uh, comment. The offensive linemen fall on defensive uh, players' backs after sacks all the time, but they do not call personal fouls on the offensive linemen falling on the back of a defensive lineman after tackling the quarterback. So that was all I was talking about. Um, Yeah, it's true what he said, that the league is getting kind of soft, but they – don't look at what offensive linemen do to the defensive linemen after a tackle. So that was all my comment was, one nation, Raider nation. Great call. Great call. Good explanation. Good breakdown right there. And, I mean, it's not – it's it, it sucks. I mean, that's, I guess that's the best way I could put it. It sucks that, one, there's no clear cut, this is what the rule is, this is what the rule isn't. Right? Similar to when we were talking to Aaron Wilson from Pro Football Network earlier to start the hour. You just don't know. They don't protect everybody, and you don't know what is going to actually be called and what's not. If a 300-pound guy goes and strips a guy or, or, or sacks him, and he falls on him, that could be said, oh, he threw all his body weight on him. Well, I mean, I'm sure it's hard in the heat of the moment for a guy that's that big to try to get his body weight off the guy he's trying to sack, right? I mean, it's just, it's so, that's why I keep saying, like, I just want some consistency and to understand what the rule is. It's similar to the catch rule, in my opinion where nobody really knows what a catch is. And I think even to this day, there's still a lot of questions. Is that a catch? Is that not a catch? I mean, when, when Devontae Adams made that one catch earlier in the game and he ultimately ended up fumbling, it's like, well, he never had control. No, I thought he did. And then they had to go back and review it multiple times. They're like, oh, yeah, there's a few steps. There's a football move. There was this and that. He launched a rocket. He did, you know, he, he sent a text to his wife. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's so weird. There's so many different elements where at one point I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong, at one point, I felt like everyone knew what the rules were. Okay, that's a catch. All right, that's a sack. That's a personal foul. That's roughing the passer. That's not. I would just like them to get to a, a, a point where everyone understood what all these rules actually were. So, so, again, like it's simple. You're sitting in a sports bar, and I can say to DeMond, that was roughing the passer. And he can say, yeah, you're right. Or, no, you're wrong because of this. But have an understanding. Right now, what we do, and if I'm wrong, please tell me, and I think we did it multiple times on Monday night. I looked at DeMond and said, was that roughing the passer? Was that an incompletion? Was that a fumble? I asked more questions than I had statements. When they go to New York, maybe that should be the new uh, barometer. We're not going to go to New York. We're going to go to a local bar that has 10 fans in it. <laughs> and that they're all, Buffalo Wild Wings commercial. <laughs> yeah, but if they're all saying it's a catch, that should be like, we, we talked to some local guys at right. a bar, and everyone agrees it's a catch. Right. That, that's exactly <laughs> what that old Buffalo Wild Wings commercial used to be. Uh, go ahead. We need to extend this a little bit longer. Incompletion. Incompletion. Tim in Texas, you're up next. What's on your mind, brother? Hello. How y'all doing? We're blessed. 
Yeah, I know that everybody uh been talking about uh uh Josh McDaniels and all that stuff. This is the man's first year. This is the man's first few games and it looks like the offense is really starting to come around. Mm-hmm. The problem that I really have to be honest with you is the defense. The defense is just giving up too many points. And I know and I understand that I mean, as a Raiders fan, all that bull crap that happened the other night with them calling them bogus calls, but they not calling all the holding penalties that they had on uh, Max Crosby and all them. Max Crosby got ahead about 17 times in the second half. They didn't not call not one call against uh, Kansas City for holding. But then they sit around here and call us for holding on uh, on the uh, the, the um, field goal when the guy actually grabbed our guy by the back of his head. But the thing about it is we just got to be patient. And uh, I just believe that when we come out, hopefully Devontae Adams don't get suspended. I don't even know how that could even – I mean, he should have did what he did. But when you got people sitting up here at halftime throwing beer at you and all this kind of stuff, you never know what's going to happen when you come uh, out of the uh, – through the tunnel when the game is over with. So uh, I just I just ask everybody just to be patient and let the offense uh, get to going and hopefully the defense will come around to where it needs to be. Good call, Tim, and the, the Lone Star State. Appreciate you, my man. And uh, yeah, I don't think any. Well, I don't think anyone that really understands what's going on uh, thinks that that Josh McDaniels, you know, needs to not be the guy. I mean, it's been five games, and I do agree that the offense is coming around. And what we saw on Monday night against Kansas City was a good offense. It really was. They just weren't able to seal the deal. But man, uh, what they were able to do, putting up twenty nine points and, and, and potentially more, was pretty good. Uh, let's talk to our guy Dwayne in Long Beach. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Tim? Tomorrow? Good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Hey, man, I want to keep, I want to go back to the uh, the Western Panthers show, man. I don't know if you guys remember uh, the pregame show when they guys the Booger, Steve Young, and they had the head official up there talking about the situation. But they were saying the head official was saying was like, if they feel the Western Panthers, then they're going to uh, throw the flag anyway, no matter what. And then hearing your guy talking about a conspiracy thing, that made me just think. It made me want to say that. And that's how I know. Gotcha. All right, thank you for thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And and yeah, uh, they they were talking about that on the pregame show. We were actually at, at the Oyo. We were listening to it, and uh, yeah, we heard all those guys. Uh, Booger, shout out to Booger McFarland. We're gonna get him on the show at one point. He's gonna be on the show. I don't know why people don't like Booger, but and not not talking about uh, Dwayne, but just people in general always talking bad about Booger. I'm gonna get Booger on. I think I think Jess Vegas Jess was talking about Booger because name was Booger, wasn't it? Wasn't that the one who was talking? That was his exact one to one correlation. He sucked. You're like, what kind of name is Booger? <laughs> That's a cool nickname. Who wouldn't want to have a nickname Booger? You would not like it if people were calling you Booger. Hey, I would stand out though. People would, you know, you wouldn't forget who you were. Say, hey, what's up, Booger? Nah, I don't, nah, I don't want nobody calling me Booger. <laughs> Hey, man, I ain't nobody's booger, man. Exactly. Hey, when they say that in that comedy, I ain't nobody's delicious, man. I ain't having no grown man call me delicious. And that, uh, no, I don't know that one. You know, that was, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. Who's the homeboy that used to run with Steve Harvey? Uh, the other one. Cedric the Entertainer? Yeah, Cedric. <laughs> John in California, man. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Uh, what's up, Q and DeMond? Chilling. Hey, so, like you, I, I agree, man. That, that, pa- that, uh, roughing the passer. I mean, I'm a diehard Raider fan, but even I was like, that's BS. But like I was talking to my boy, you knew somebody was going to get it because the league already, everybody thinks that the league already caters to Brady. So somebody had to get that BS flag. And I mean, it was us. We just didn't capitalize with seven points. So, you know, it is what it is on that. But as far as what I want to see with with the team, 
I think they had some when they had two backs on the field. When they had Zeus and and, and JJ on the field, it, it looked good, and I think they need to go back to that a little more. Okay. Um, defense, defense is pretty solid. I mean, Chandler Jones showed up, but after halftime, he kind of went back on that milk card. So I don't know what happened to him. But a little bit more pressure on the right side and put two backs on the field, man. Okay, hopefully, I like uh, it. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get back to it. But uh, this team is built for next year. You know, this year we put it all together. Next season should be it. So hopefully they can not fracture in the locker room because that, that's going to be no bueno real quick. Right. That's all I got. Hey, all right, guys. Y'all take care. You too, my man. Good stuff. Appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, I can I can see, you know, multiple things that you were talking about there. But I do like the two backs on the field. I really do. I mean, you have Zeus and you have uh, Josh Jacobs out there. It's like pick your poison. Now, Josh is just running like a beast, right? He's been running so hard. And then, of course, with Jakob Johnson out there, he's been blowing up some holes as well. But, you know, you get a little bit, you know, mix it up a little bit more. You know, I wouldn't have mind on that fourth and one. And I know that, I know that you know, it's, it's I probably would have, been the goat. I probably would have been the guy where it's like, oh yeah, that was a terrible call, Q. But I would have had no problem if they had done on that fourth and one call what they did against the Broncos when they had uh, Josh Jacobs as an up back and then it had Zeus in the back and they just flipped it out to Zeus. Maybe just flip those around. Maybe put Zeus in front of Josh. You know, So it doesn't have the same exact look, so they'll just get teed off by that, but I wouldn't have had any problem with them flipping it out to, to Jacobs to try to get that one yard. Now that would have been the one where he doesn't get a yard and then all of a sudden be like, oh, there goes your play, Q. Terrible play caller, but that's why I'm not a play caller. That's why I'm not a coach. That's why we do this, uh, what we call radio. Got a lot of text to get to at 69187, keyword R&R. We'll get to those on the other side as we close out the show on this Wednesday. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Bill Romanowski, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. Boom. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Just got a few texts and a couple calls we want to get to as we close out the show today. Jason, Jason in Maryland hit us up at 69187, keyword r Always has a lot of good stuff to say. He said, Q, with the call on Carr, I think the ref just didn't see that Jones had stripped the ball with one hand and tried to brace his fall with the other. You can only see that on the replay. The whole body weight rule has been there for a while now. Carr got the same call a few years ago when I believe it was Whitney Merciless of the Texans uh, tackled him and tore his ACL trying not to fall on Carr. Uh, of course, a similar play is how Tony Saragusa broke Gannon's collarbone. In Carr's case, I just think the ref didn't see everything. It happened fast in real time. And I don't disagree with any of that at all. But that's why I think that it should be reviewable. I, I really do. Because, look, the Raiders aren't going to get that, that makeup call that, that the Chiefs got in the second half, right? Even if that had been in Allegiant Stadium and uh, Max Crosby had got that, they're not going to get all those, all those makeup calls. Kansas City got a ton of makeup calls, and I never come in here, and, and everyone knows I never come in here and blame the officials for anything. I always say, hey, that, you know, that, that's not why they lost the game, or that's not this, that, the other. And I still believe that, but those makeup calls were horrendous, to say the least. So I don't disagree with you. I just think that it should be something that, okay, if you're going to implement that and really be as tic-tac as you are at this point, and you have to admit, Jason, that they overcompensated all weekend long. The Tony, the uh, the Tom Brady one was terrible. You know, the one on Derek Carr, terrible. And honestly, and I said it yesterday, I was so shocked that Denzel Perriman didn't get called when he tackled Patrick Mahomes because he threw him down too. And he didn't get called. And not that I'm rooting for it, obviously not. I'm glad he got away with it, but next time that's going to be a penalty, I'm sure. So I just, like I said before, just give me some consistency and... If you're going to call that like that, make it reviewable. Because like you said, it was much more clear on the review, on the replay, 
that he had stripped the ball. Also, Jason Maryland said, also, I have no issues with the two-point conversion. I understood immediately they did that because the defense was having issues stopping them. But the lead would have made them operate a little faster, giving us a chance to get the ball back. Instead of easily letting Kansas City easily milk the, milk the clock and walk off uh, and have a walk-off field goal with no time left. Like I said, just my preference. <laughs> right? I mean, we don't ever have to agree. It's just my preference. I just prefer that they kick the extra point, especially with four minutes left to go in the game. If it was one minute or less, cool. Go for the two-point. Go for the win on the road. You know, isn't that what they say? Go for the win on the road? Cool. But with four minutes, I don't think a, a, a one-point difference was going to make a difference at all. And you saw when Kansas City had the ball, they played it differently. If they had been down one, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have been operating their offense like they did. Yeah, the Raiders got the ball back. The Raiders got the ball back because the, the Chiefs played a different style of ball knowing that they had a lead. But, I mean, again, like I said, it's what flavor do you like? Do you like grape? Do you like red? I like grape. You chose red. That's fine. Kool-Aid's still good, <laughs> right? Let's talk to our guy, Aaron in Maui. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? What's up, man? Hey, so what I did like, obviously, is the continued success of the running game using Josh Jacobs. You just got to keep pounding the ball. I know people are like, want to see Devontae with 10, 11 catches. I think you'll get great catches like he had in the game if you open up the run game, and it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Mm-hmm. Second thing... Uh, I think we just need to keep working on our offensive line and pass protection. It was better. It's getting better. But it's still not where I see Carr comfortable in that pocket uh, quite yet. What I don't want to see any more of is whatever defense we're playing on second and third long, uh, our strength supposedly is our, is our pass rush. My vote would be to blitz and, and send Abraham in a blitz and stop letting the other opposing quarterbacks get that much time in the pocket and complete passes because we're horrible in coverage and I think you just blitz and make them make shorter passes, dump off and then play defense from there. That That's what I would like to see happen out of those three categories. I hadn't been more you know the last time I was that mad after that game Monday night huh. was when you wouldn't pull over and let me go to the bathroom on the way to the airport. That was I haven't been that mad since then. <laughs> You got to hold it sometime, Aaron. You got to hold it. Gee whiz, man. I was dying. But all right, y'all. Have a good rest of your day. And uh, take care. All right, man. Later. I can't even – look, I can't even concentrate no more, man. Between the bye, B, call, and that one, and what he was talking about is on our way back to the airport uh, when we were leaving Canton, Ohio, from the Hall of Fame, he had to go to the bathroom. And I was like, man, we got to get to the airport, man. You just got to hold it. That's just. I mean, look, that's how it is. You know, you got places to be. Certain times, you got to be there. Good stuff. Let's get one more quick call in. Luke in Pasadena, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, thanks so much for taking my call. And uh, I actually just wanted to start off with a quick shout-out to Jamon. Uh, kind of been listening to the show for a while, and I've heard you kind of come into your own. And I just wanted to give you a shout-out for your takes and your for that. Um, but my point is that uh, I wanted to kind of build off of what you had mentioned as far as the uh, reviewable penalties and reviewable everything really goes. And uh, I wanted to kind of provide a little bit of a tidbit with, from another sport. Um, I, uh, I, I'm a rugby enthusiast. I play rugby nice. on my free time, and I watch professional rugby all the time. And one thing that professional rugby does differently is they only have one ref on the field. So the ref really doesn't see everything. And when he is uncertain or where he's at a point where he can't make a call based on his own vantage point, his own, his own knowledge, his own whatever, 
he, he calls upon a, a replay crew called the TMO, and they provide an in-depth replay resource for somebody that's on the field that really can't make a call. And as you can tell from Monday night, those refs were incredibly rattled during that game. Mm-hmm. And, and they, were making, they were making really poor calls as a, as a product of that. And I really do think that just the process of having replays and reviewing plays in a general sense can really be rethought. And uh, it seems like that, especially this year, with the officiating being so poor, um, it, it really feels like that a lot of guys are losing their, losing their touch, so to speak. And uh, it might be it might be better just to utilize like you know an expert that's sitting in front of eight different camera angles and you know able to able to really decide what the call is. But that's that's my thought. Um, love your guys' show. Love what you guys do. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate you, my man. Good stuff. Thanks for the uh, the tidbit. I like that. The TMO, not the TMI, Demond, but the TMO. Speaking of TMI, my guy Juan the Smasher, he might hit us with some. Juan, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Close us out. What's up, Q? What's going on? Man, we're chilling. No, that's man. Right. Hey, uh, but other than that, <laughs> that Chiefs game, I thought we had that one in the back, bro. When we were 17 up, I thought we had it. And it's just the same thing like Arizona. It just came back and bought us. And uh, I really wanted us to beat KC, man, because this is, this is a team that I cannot stand with a passion, bro. You, you still, man, you, man, you saw those fans. That, that, that camera guy, he, he man. That fool knew what he was doing. He, he wanted to get paid. It's just all those KC people out there. I cannot stand, bro. I know there's some good people out there, but that city is trash, bro. Just, just like the Chiefs, and I just can't stand them. But you know what? We, we, we just got to get them back in Vegas, and, and hopefully we do. We just keep running that rock. And Josh J, he needs an extension. Come on, Mark Davis. Sign that fool. We need him back next year. All right? And uh, other than that, we just got to keep our head up. Let's go, Raiders. There he goes, Juan the Smasher right there. We appreciate you, my man. That's going to do it for us. Wake up with the morning tailgate, 7 to 10 a.m. Red H Radio 920. The Dallas Cowboys are in the city of brotherly love to take on the Eagles. A 